Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pro Bowl practice was underway at Lake Buena Vista. I was there to talk with Mike Evans, the Bucks representative. Spent a little time also with Chargers safety Derwin James. Remember him? He was chosen, chosen after Vita Vea. What does he think the reason is for not being picked by the Bucks? We'll talk about that. Also, more curious Instagram posts and tweets by Gerald McCoy. I spoke to him Wednesday night. Does he know something about his future in Tampa Bay? And the Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2019 is out. Should Mariano Rivera have been baseball's first unanimous selection? Edgar Martinez, Roy Holiday, Mike Mussina join him. We've got all that and much more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you're like me, listen, you got to be sick and tired of paying these high electric bills. My last electric bill, again, well over $300. Look, that's insane. So if you want to save between 90 and 95% off your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar. They're a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available, and it doesn't use high voltage like many other solar companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. They use their own employees, no subcontractors ever. And May Electric Solar has a full showroom during the week, open uh, weekdays to show you their products. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills. Start saving 90 to 95% now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Okay, so Steve, I drove over to Lake Buena Vista with my uh, partner in uh, in crime, Eduardo Encina, and uh, the buddy cops were together and went over to Disney's Wide World of Sports. And I must say, it's been a while since I've been over there, especially um, to watch any kind of football practice. And, you know, in a weird way, it's like it's it's hollowed ground for if you're a Buccaneers fan because uh, that was the first training camp. That's where they moved it to when John Gruden took over in 2002. Um, just fresh off from the Raiders, didn't have anybody on the coaching staff he really knew. I mean, back back in the day, you know, it was when two a days were all the rage. No Sometimes one three a days. Well, with Ray Perkins, yeah, but they, but at minimum you had two a days, and nowadays you know they don't even do. There's just one practice. Um, but we were out there. I remember, you know, parking in the parking lot early every morning. It was kind of like a, a death march to this baseball stadium where the the Braves have trained spring training for a few years, and and the media room was actually the press box of this of this stadium. Where in the summertime, when it wasn't being used by the Braves, um, of course they have all kinds of national tournaments. You know, mm-hmm. AAU tournaments, fifteen year olds and up. Uh, and we'd sit in there and, and write our stories, and I'm such a baseball geek. I'd, I'd watch, you know, these these teams from different states battle each other, and it was a hoot. Um, so I kind of enjoyed the placement of that. But it, it's just it was weird to be out there because those were long days. You know, they would they used to start at eight eight thirty. You have to be up there and, and out on the field by eight. Uh, they'd practiced, you know, about two and a half hours or so. You'd get Gruden after practice, and it would be damn near lunchtime by the time you tread yourself out of the 90 degree heat and there's no you know in the summertime over there in Orlando there's just no breeze I mean it's just really you're not close to the ocean you don't get to see breeze it's just arid and and just really hot and uh and then you know about three o'clock you'd have to go back down there again and they'd have their second practice and then about every third day it would be special teams so some of the veterans that didn't play special teams would not have to come out until at the end but but it was I remember the first training camp that John had, he did not have a day off. I think it was 13 or 14 straight practices of two-a-days. Two-a-days, all of them. I mean, and they went on to win the Super Bowl, and, you know, he, he began immediately challenged the the offense and stuff uh, or the defense with, with his new offense. But it was interesting to be back over there and just how time 
has you know really seems to have flown by but a lot of things really haven't changed at disney i mean they've obviously done some upgrades to the to the facility but there were all the pro bowlers The braves are moving out of there they're gone yeah they're going to uh, northport they've got they've got one more season one more year year. they're they're Mm -hmm. playing one game at their new facility north northport to end the spring training and then next year they'll be down there so yeah and 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 i spent one spring uh, training living in that uh, press box when i worked for the atlanta braves network did you down in orlando for two months so you made that drive. You made that drive every day. Do we? Did well, you no, have we, like we a rented house? a house. We rented a house. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we had. Uh, so I worked for the radio stations that had the the rights, the flagship Flag station in Atlanta. We were uh, mm-hmm. Clear Channel had just gotten the rights, so we were bringing shows down every every week. New people were coming down, so we had a four bedroom house that I occupied one room the whole time, and everybody else was rotating in and out. So. Same as us. We did the yep. same thing for training camp. We rented a four-bedroom house, although it wasn't that close. It was like in Kissimmee. Um, Ours was, was pretty close. Ours was only about a you know maybe a 10-minute drive at most. Yeah, we were more like 15 or 20. And, and people would rotate in there and out of there so much that really I was like essentially living in this four-bedroom pretty much on my own. Yeah. But it didn't have maid service. It was a long ways away. And it finally – because, you know, the thing about being in Orlando if you're, if you're living in Tampa is – it's just close enough that if you want to run home, right. that seems like a good idea. Well, you I was living I mean? in Atlanta like, then. You couldn't do that. So I know you couldn't, but but we could. And and so I ended up, long story short, I ended up talking to bosses because they were paying like $4,200 a month for this thing. And I said, we can save some money since no one's really staying there um, except me and convinced them to put me up at a Marriott, <laughs> which I enjoyed. There you go. Um yeah, back back when money was flowing in the newspaper industry. Now the house we had um, had a pool, which was nice. So I don't know. Oh if wow, still... that would have been cool. No, yeah. no, it did not. So no I would frills. I would spend we... the e- I would spend the evenings, you know, when I was doing work in the late afternoons, or whatever. After the games were over, I'd be in, right by the pool. There it. you go. And that's the way you do it. Yeah, we didn't even have maid service. It was grim. But anyway, we digress. And so there we were. There I was. There everybody was. And Mike Evans, of course, is the only Buccaneer representative. At the Pro Bowl. Now, if you've ever, and, and it looks, and I used to go to these things in Hawaii. I was blessed enough to do that um, again back in the day. But in Hawaii, there might be two or three TV stations from Honolulu, uh, the Honolulu Advertiser, maybe a writer from each team where the coaches were from, and then, and then maybe a national guy or, or, or two. Uh, and you could count on both hands how many total media were at each practice. I yep. mean, they're just – it was so far away that nobody went. That house to rent in Hawaii is a little more than 4200 a month. Yes, it was. <laughs> and we that's why we got a hotel. Um, but I was, I was blessed enough to go a few times. Now, they moved this game to Orlando, and the media, like, quadrupled. A part of it is is that every team in the NFL, you know, had to invest money in digital – and so, therefore, they have a you know a need for content. And those teams, I didn't take a poll, but like it seemed as if every single team, including San Francisco and the ones far out west, had their digital you know team with cameras and I'm sure, and yeah, talent. I'm sure they all were there, and and they were all there. And so, if you take those and then also add all the Florida newspapers and some national guys, it was incredibly crowded. I was like, holy man! Well, and the fact we that they moved it up. To before the Super Bowl? Because didn't it used to be right. after the Super Bowl? It used to be after. That's right. So they moved up before yep. the Super Bowl. Now there's a week of people are starving for NFL content before the Super Bowl they, week. That's begins. why they did it. Yeah, and that's so why they did it. From a media perspective, too, there's more need and, and demand for it. Yeah, and it's cool because it's coming on the heels. You know, you have this little break in between um, the Super Bowl and the championship games, which I think everybody could use. And, you know, so as fate would have it, we're no shortage of topics for the players that are out there. And, uh, I mean, even like Patrick Mahomes was out there for the AFC. And, of course, we saw him play just on Sunday. Uh, Drew Brees is not playing in the Pro Bowl, so you've got uh, Mitch Trubisky instead. But it's uh, it was interesting. It, it, and these are good vacations spoiled, even for the players. Like, the problem they have is that in football, it's really hard to go easy. You know what I mean? Like, you, you have to take a guy to the ground. It's tackle. And yet nobody wants to do that. Uh, and their practices are a joke. Wow. Their practices are glorified walkthroughs with hats and, and guys are wearing watches and they're telling, pulling out their cell phones. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, 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 I got it. You know, um, other than the offense, there's, there's very little really they have to learn. So they're there maybe an hour or so. 
and then it's boom you know it's like off to disney off you know the kids are there or or what have you but that's what it um, should be i mean this is a reward absolutely for the players, so mm. absolutely yeah no i totally agree i mean and i don't sure take the maybe... game seriously watching it why should they take it seriously <laughs> right and they're the ones playing it the last thing they want to do is get tackled for god's sakes so guys just run out of bounds or give themselves up um but you know it was uh you know, for Mike Evans, I mean, the the bad news is, is that Bucks got exactly one player in there. The good news is he's a hell of a player and he deserves it. You know, and um, I still think JPP so ha- should have made it. I mean, I don't know who you take out for him to make it. Well, you look, you look yeah. at who was over him, but you look at the season he had. Oh, it was incredible, and he was the third alternate. So yeah, he never he never quite got there, which is you know, which is kind it of wasn't so much. I thought someone ahead of him shouldn't just that he, just the season he had, he deserved to go. Mm hmm. No, absolutely. And he's been to two, and he, he said it didn't matter, but it always matters, right? Because it's a fraternity. These guys have such respect for each other, and you can see that when you're on the field with them. The Cowboys coaching staff is, is coaching the NFC, and the Chargers coaching staff is uh, is coaching the AFC. And they're on two fields. They're about 20 minutes apart when they start. You can walk back and forth, but it's a good walk. Um, so I ran over there, among other things, um, was on the NFC field and ran the AFC field, had a chance to catch up with Andrew Luck to talk about uh, Bruce Arians. Uh, and I'll be, you know, doing stories on him, of course, in the future. But it was – they told me, they go, yeah, you know, Andrew was going to talk tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So I was like, hey, maybe you can walk off with him and get one or two. So I walk up to him. And Andrew, by all impressions, uh, Andrew Luck's supposed to be one of the nicest guys in the world and work real cooperative and everything. I don't know what he had on his plate, but it was something. And, uh, I mean, they'd only been out there an hour. So we're walking off. I go, hey, you know, uh, Andrew, you got a couple of minutes. I want to talk to you about Bruce. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can do exactly two questions. <laughs> I'm like, why so many? So he stopped, and while he signed an autograph, these these people were hanging out for autographs, and he signed one picture of himself and then I think a mini helmet, and it was the best 31-second interview I've ever done in my <laughs> life. It was phenomenal. Amazing, phenomenal, arugula. What a great interview by me, Andrew Luck, 31 seconds. Couldn't go down the field and drive for a touchdown in that time, let me tell you. I managed to do it. I managed to corner him, take him down the length of the field. With Andrew Luck, it was, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, he was very good and, and, you know, I mean, Stanford guy, good, big vocabulary in describing Bruce Arians because, you know, like I said, he talked for 31 seconds. I mean, what, what else do you want? Um, I don't think, I think I'd run out of superlatives after 31 seconds when I, if I was talking about somebody that was good, but, um, but yeah, that was funny. So then I, then I ran back to the other field and, um, but before I went back, I ran into Derwin James. Remember him? Who? Whatever happened to Derwin James? Who? Whatever happened? Yeah. Didn't the know, Bucks this... take him in the first round in the 2018? No, NFL actually, draft? no, they did not. And and funny you should say that because is he related, is he related to Dalvin Cook? Mm, no, well, although they did saying, go to the same university. That's the other one that the that uh, fans wanted the Bucks to take in the first round instead. Yeah, you know what? I think they're pretty happy with OJ Howard. Yeah, though, I was going to say OJ Howard's been fine, but they course, could use, they know. could use a running back. They could, and Dalvin Cook, and this is an example of what happens in the league. Dalvin Cook was off to a really good start as a rookie, then blow up his knee. So, yep. you know, there you go. You can't, you cannot control injuries, and you know, just like the Bucks, you know, couldn't control what happened to Vita Vea when on the first day of, you know, pads he blew up a, a calf muscle that knocked him out for seven weeks. Um, you can't control those things, and Derwin James did not get hurt. And had what is, you know, makes him a candidate for a defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he had a terrific season and, you know, led led that defense, which was pretty good. And from from the, the secondary, I think he had I think he only had like three interceptions, though. Um, but he was consistent making plays all over the place. And when you talk to him, you realize, man, that's a good looking athlete. <laughs> like he's a big safety. You know what I mean? And he, and he can do everything. I mean, that's the beauty. He can come down the box and blow you up. Um, certainly has range, you know, uh, can cover man to man if you want him to do that. Um, he's just a, he's just a really good player and everybody knew he's a good player. And Oh, by the way, he was 30 minutes from his, from where it all started, his hometown, I think, which is in Lakeland, right? If I'm not mistaken, I'm not, I have to look that up, but, uh, you know, in Tampa is all of like an hour from Lake Buena Vista. It's not far at all. 
And yet, despite all that, there he was, you know, at the Pro Bowl. Uh, and I looked around. I did not see Via Vea. <laughs> so... Um, probably well, unfair, though. I was I mean, going to say, that's look, unfair based on the injury. And if you look at how Vita Vea progressed is. during the season. Did I mean, very well I mean, this, is, this is why you can't call a, a draft pick a bust after one year. This is you why they can't. get no. three or four, or, you know, four in, in first-round cases, a fifth-year option contract. because That's right. Because that's of right. whether it's injuries, whether it's they're just slower to pick up a system. I mean, okay, let's look at they Jared Goff. Really Jared bad, Goff was called uh, a bust after one year. He's in the Super Bowl uh, in his third season. Yeah, bad coaching. Well, it can be bad coaching. Absolutely. It can be a bad. It can be a horrible scheme. Sure. Which is keeping guys back. You know, I mean, look, Derek Brooks and and Warren Sapp were young players, but they were both drafted in '95 and had no success uh-huh. until Tony until Tony got here. Yeah. Uh, Dungey and put him in the right put him in the right defense, and he knew he knew exactly what buttons to push and. You know, away they go to being the best defense in the NFL. And we might see Ronald um, Jones have a great season this year. I mean, it's too it's too early to tell. Now you could be concerned about his season, yeah. And, well, and, and I that, mean, I, but and be critical of it, but you can't call him a bust after one year. He might end up being a bust, but one year is too yeah. We just won't know. But I understand the mindset, and and there and because you know, I mean, there is a sort of a time honored belief that the further you are away from the ball, the less important you really are. You know that the game kind of begins in the trenches, and if you look at the Bucks. Look, a, a, a very good defensive lineman in most cases, from a value chart, is gonna is gonna trump a safety, mm-hmm. um, again because he's further off the ball. So, you know, and then let's consider this: that when they took Vita Vea, they're looking at a thirty-year-old Gerald McCoy in his ninth season, thirty. So, how long do you think they're gonna squeeze the juice out of out of Gerald McCoy, especially at thirteen million dollars a year now, mm-hmm. um, which you know. I would not expect them to want him to play at if, in fact, they want him to play at all. But going back, we'll get to McCoy in just a minute, but going back to James, you know, he – you can see why he had success. I mean, he's, uh, you know, seems to be very mature and, and comfortable with what he accomplished, very goal-oriented. He talked about these goals that he wrote down and uh, how he achieved all of them except the Super Bowl, the team goal, but individually making the Pro Bowl was one of his goals, and, of course, he got to do that. And, you know, the, the Chargers just had an unbelievable year and, mm-hmm. you know, could have could have been in could have been playing in this Super Bowl on Sunday with, a you know, had they not run into a buzzsaw a little bit. But um, in the New England Patriots have scored the first three times they had the ball. But, uh, you know, James. So, so anyway, I asked James, I said, you know, it doesn't make sense because here you are. You're from Florida State. Um, you know, you played down the road in high school, whatever. Um, why do you think the Bucks never really took you? And. For the for the one time during the whole interview, he decided to go politically correct on me, and he's just like, "Look, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. You know, that's that's our, that's really their decision. I just know that you know they're a good organization. Um, you know, I got no problems with them. Like, I'm happy where where I, I'm. You know, very fortunate the where way I ended up and and how things went this year. And you know, that's that's just the way it is. And so. You know, he's very again. He was very politically correct. I'm sure. I'm not sure why I expected necessarily. Like, yeah, man, those guys they should have taken me, and I'm gonna, you know, look what I did and stuff. He wasn't like that. Um, when your first year ends in the Pro Bowl, there's no reason to. Yeah, he wasn't gonna gloat. He didn't yeah. take a victory lap. There's or no anything. reason. But, but, you know, it, it, those. You know, what's odd about it is, and I was talking to, um, to my buddy uh, Eduardo about this, and he goes. I think it was him. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was Ernest Hooper, but it doesn't matter. I don't need to give him credit. This is my thought, too. Usually you get these guys that are paired in the draft at the same position, right? It's Mariota and Winston, right? It, it's two two corners or two wide receivers, you know, mm-hmm. um, Mike Evans and, you know, somebody else. So in this case, though, you have guys that don't even play the same position, which makes it really hard to sort of evaluate because it's not apples to apples. But they'll be linked, and they're going to be linked because that's just the way they they were yep. posted on on the Bucks board. I mean, you know, had somehow Vita Vea been taken, you know, Quentin Nelson or somebody else wasn't there for whatever reason, then Derwin James would have been their pick. It well, was I think, really, really I think that they were close. taking Nelson at seven had he not gone sixth. Absolutely, and then Chubb. If so Chubb then they had traded, fallen, they, they traded back. Yeah. Him. yeah, they would have. They traded yeah. back. Yep. I, yep. I, and the, the surprising thing to me about the Vea pick, and not that they took him, and, and although I think they probably reached a little high for him, 
Probably. Yeah. But the, the, what surprised me is they had just signed Vinnie Curry, Mitch Unrein, traded for JPP. Um, everybody agreed defensive line was an issue on that uh, on the team and needed to be addressed. But they had just signed and traded for three free agents. Uh, That's true. On the defensive line that they spent their highest pick on it. Now, defensive backs, they took two of them in the second round with some of the picks that they got by trading back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. picked up Vea later. So, and Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart. So, I mean, time will tell whether they made the right move or not. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, Derwin James is a phenomenal player, but, you know, the Tampa Bay got more players out of it. They could have still taken Derwin James at seven, but who knows what defensive tackles they may have gotten in the second round. Maybe they're not nearly as good, knowing that, Gerald McCoy's aging, and at some point you hope Vea was going to replace him. Well, and as it turns out with, uh, you know, with Todd Bowles' system, Vea may actually be a better fit, um, especially if you, you moved him out to defensive end uh, where he can use, which is above average quickness out there, um, in a 3-4 if you're running a 3-4 front and base, base defense. You hit it on the head, Steve. It's, you know, McCoy, they knew McCoy was going to be 30 years old, and how much did they think they were going to be able to squeeze out of them? And the $13 million. Well, I, I think for, more importantly than the age was the contract, and it wasn't guaranteed anymore after one Exactly. Year. So so you see that as a line of demarcation is that, uh-oh, when we get to 2019, there's no guarantees here. It's just strictly business now. You know, we don't have to pay them the $13 million. We can either renegotiate a smaller salary. I mean, you only have three options, right? With Gerald. I mean, you say play for the, well, maybe more than three, but play for the $13 million, we're happy. Um, or you could say, you know, hey, we'd like to have you, but you're going to have to take less money. It's the ball's in your court. Or you could just release them and say, thanks for the nine years. And look, you know, people get crazy about this stuff all the time because they, they get attached. And Gerald has been, you know, at times, I guess there's a split decision. Some people like Gerald, some people don't, but whatever. Been a little polarizing. But, you know, when when you get to this age – you know, you, you can let them play for $13 million, which is probably not going to happen. I would be comfortable in saying that. You can ask ask him to take a paid reduction, which in which case his feelings might get hurt, um, and he may say, no, I'm not doing it, or he may uh, get an offer from another team, and then he has to weigh moving his family, which I don't think he wants to do, or is he going to live apart them, from them for four months, and how much are they paying you? Is there state income tax? Do I have to buy a place? So there's a lot of things that, you know, that kind of go – sort of in that decision, but it's clear, what's clear is this to me. Gerald McCoy is not going to be paid $13 million by the Bucks to play uh, in 2019. I, I just simply don't believe that. And, and you know, if that's harsh, I'm, it doesn't matter what I think, whether it's fair or unfair, or why they would do that, but I think that's probably what we're looking at. And, again, you let a first ballot Hall of Fame player go to Oakland – you know, after nine seasons. And his name also is in the Ring of Honor, and Gerald's will be as well. So if you're willing to do that with, with the needs they have and if they could save some cap money. In in the meantime, however, have you checked out Twitter? <laughs> what, what is My this man, Twitter thing you talk about? What is this Twitter you speak of or this thing? What is it? Instraface or what is it? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Snapface? Is that what it is? Yeah. Like Bel- Bel- Belichick. This is Snap. I don't know. I'm read Snapface. Um, so on Snapface, Gerald McCoy has gone, and uh, he had he had more of his sort of cryptic, could mean anything, could mean nothing messages, and it got to the point where he said, "You know what? I'm going to call him." <laughs> but the first one was on he posted on Twitter, which was an Instagram post that said the following: that when you come out of the storm, and oh, and by the way, it's a picture of him in the rain at One Buck Place. Like I think it's like in the parking lot or somewhere, but you do know it's, it's supposed to rain today, right? It's going to rain like hell. So yeah. maybe he was maybe he's being a bit of a meteorologist. Yeah, today. that's going to be his next career. He's going to you know, well, not, not going to TV it, analyst. He's going to be a TV meteorologist. May well be. He may you know, and that would be perfect for the fair weather fans around here. Ha ha! Hey, I saw what I, there you go, rim shot. Saw what I did there, um, but. There's a picture of him. So there's this picture of him, like a Hallmark card of him walking in the rain at one buck place. Like it's in the it's in the parking lot. And so he said, when you come out of the storm, the Tampa Bay storm in this case maybe, you won't be the same person you were when you walked in. You won't, when you walked in. That's what the storm is all about. Don't wait for the storm to pass. Learn to dance in the rain. 
which had to have come off some greeting card someplace, right? One of these Hallmark things. Um, I don't think he wrote this, but if he did, you know, okay, more power to you. So that's kind of, that's good. So I'm thinking, okay, well, what's storm? So yeah, maybe he's talking about the, it's going to rain tomorrow. Maybe it's as simple as that. Except he followed it up with the following on Twitter. Embrace change, even if the change slaps you in the face. And I went, okay, that's it. <laughs> I got to call this guy. What's going on, man? You know, like, does he know something at this point? Like, what slapped him in the face? So I called him, and he wasn't happy that I called him. And he's like, Rick, it's the off season. <laughs> I know. But it's not like I call you during the regular season. I just got to know what's with these cryptic. Like, have you been told something? And he goes, no, you know something I don't know. It's like, no, that's why I'm calling you. Um, and we went round and round. It was very awkward. It didn't last for very long until finally he said, uh, say goodbye. <laughs> it's like, okay. And that was the end of it. So come to find out through my. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, reporting abilities that this this has not been addressed, okay, with him. Uh, and And internally... I don't think they're there yet either. I mean, look, Bruce Arians has been in and out of town a bunch of times since they hired him, and really this is the first week or several days anyway that he'll have to sit down with his staff. The first thing that has to happen, because there's no hurry here, the first thing that has to happen is they got to evaluate the film. You know, his, you know, Todd Bowles and others have to look at every game, and they'll go back or work backwards. They may start at, you know, week, week 16 and go back, go back the other way or vice versa, but – um, they're going to evaluate and grade each player that, that they inherit and, and make decisions on them. And then they're going to have to assess value. And when you do that, that's when the GM comes into play and says, okay, um, you want free agents? Well, here's our cap situation. And it's not good. And it's going to go up because of Jameis Winston. It's going to go up for some other players. Uh, and some players may come off altogether, Deshaun Jackson, for example. So there's there's a way to save money, and one of the ways to take a big chunk out of the salary cap would be to move on from Gerald McCoy. And why would they do that? I still think he's effective. I think he's very effective. As a matter of fact, he had six and a half sacks last year. But he's clearly not, you know, he's clearly on the downside of his career. I mean, again, he always compares himself to Sapp, and, and not that he's the same player, but, you know, a first battle Hall of Famer only played here nine years and then was told – move on and he did he played another couple of years in Oakland so you know it, it's it, there is a decision to be made but my information is it has not been made uh and it's it's most likely because the coaches have just gotten kind of in here and started looking at tape and stuff so there's no hurry I mean like his contract you could keep him all the way pretty much to the start of the regular season although I don't think they would do that to Gerald I think Gerald if that's the way they go, and I'm not saying it is, I have no inside information on this whatsoever, except I know it's a discussion. But if that's the way they went, Gerald means so much for what he has done um, over the years that they would be doing him a favor and probably should release him well before you know we get close to free agent signing period, you know, to to allow him to be one of the first ones out there that everybody can talk to and uh, and so on and so forth. But Again, I'm not predicting he's not going to be a Buccaneer. On one level, it makes no sense at all because I want to keep my best players, and he's definitely well into the top five or so. Um, but, you know, there's change is inevitable, and this is a, a coaching change. You know, it's a significant change of, uh, you know, how people evaluate you, where they think you fit in their scheme. They may think he's a terrific player and has lots of years left, but if they don't think he's going to be a good fit for their scheme, and that's why Vita Vea is here. I mean, Vita Vea – um, eventually was going to be, you know, the center of that defensive line. And you certainly could use more. Um, but we saw what happened. You mentioned all the guys they signed. I mean, Bo Allen got a concussion and boom, he was out the whole year. Vita Vea, you know, on the other hand, out seven weeks with a calf injury. So things like that can happen. But <clears throat> it's uh, – <laughs> I, 
I, I think we're going to get news one of these days. I don't know when, but I'll be glad when it's over because I just, I, it's like, hey, man, I just don't know what you're feeling today. Can you send me an emoji or something? Like, I, what does this mean? Like, what, what does it mean, embrace change, even if change slaps you in the face? It's actually another good quote. I know, but I don't want to be slapped in the face. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to embrace change. All these things are good, good ideas, but it, it sounds as if he's anticipating something. What are well, we talking I'm, I'm about? I'm sure he is. I mean, he he's a smart guy. He understands but the I, business I, of the NFL. And when he signed that contract, my, he knew that was a possibility once he hit, you know, this year, and it wasn't guaranteed. Right. Well, he's made like 150 million dollars. No one's having sure. a telethon for him. But sure. You know, the other thing is maybe Gerald would like to go somewhere where they could actually have a better than average chance of at least making the playoffs before his career is done. You know, while he can still play. I mean, that's that's. Sort of another discussion. So anyway, interesting, uh, interesting day over there talking to those guys, and we'll have lots of it in the Tampa Bay Times over the next few days. And um, hope you guys will, you know, will enjoy the stories, and especially when you reach the thirty-one second interview I had with Andrew Luck, which was just weird. Um, but uh, what else we got? Oh, so we, me and you, uh, Steve, didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2019. Yeah, yesterday's podcast was all lightning, so we didn't get mm-hmm. a chance to talk about Mariano Rivera, the first unanimous uh, entrant into the Baseball Hall of Fame. How about what that? What took so long? I mean, how does Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle or Nolan Ryan or I could go on a long list of players that should be unanimous? Well, I mean, I, I it's... You know, part of the whole screwed up way the baseball Hall of Fame is run and decided, but that's a whole different issue. Well, now you're now you're uh, you're putting it squarely on the uh, baseball writers of America, which I think they deserve <laughs> because they're the only ones that vote. I mean, mm-hmm. there there was 495 of them to be exact, and uh, like you said, I mean, there's been there's been people leave off the greatest baseball players of all time. You know, on their fir- on the uh, on their ballots. I mean, there w- was not unanimous. Now, the curious thing is, will Derek Jeter be unanimous after Mariano? Could you have none except for Mariano getting it? You know, becoming the first one, and then boom, you get well. The, somebody the, the else. argument of Babe Ruth and nobody else has ever been unanimous, so I'm not going to let someone be unanimous is gone. That's been an argument yes. some have made over the past. I, oh, really? Yes. So they didn't want to be the first yeah, one. If, to if have Mickey Mantle an... didn't get in, you know, unanimously, how can I put? Nolan Ryan or whoever, and I say Nolan Ryan because he's he was one of the highest percentages ever. Mm-hmm. You know how do you how do I how do I put him in unanimously when Ty Cobb didn't get in unanimously? Yeah, and that's that's an argument some have made over time. Yeah, I no, I understand that. Look, mistakes are made all the time. I mean, Ken Griffey, I think, got the closest uh, recently. Uh, no, and I think recent, that... recently they've had issues of getting unanimous because – so with the steroid era, it's backed up a lot of players. There were mm-hmm. several years where very few went in. And they only allow the writers to vote for 10 players. Right. And so if you're someone who really believes Fred McGriff should be in the hall, but you may have 10 others that you think should be in the hall, but you're limited to voting for 10, you'll say right. – no, I'm not going to vote for Mariano Rivera because he's going to get in. He's he's in. So anyway, I'm yeah. going to take what my vote for him and put him on Fred McGriff or Gary Sheffield or you know, n- name be. the player. There, I mean, that's become an issue recently because when Bonds and Clemens and and Schilling and those guys didn't go in in the first try when their numbers all say they should, as far as right. you know, pure baseball stats. The, the right. steroid argument's a whole different argument, but those guys should have already been in based on just stats alone. If you're just so now you've got a backlog of players. The ballot's a lot longer mm. than it used to be. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more players on it. And so if a writer may say, well, I think 13 guys deserve to be in the hall. Well, I can only vote for 10. Well, yeah, this, guy's, this guy's definitely – Mucina, I think, is going to get in. So I'm not going to vote for Mucina, even though I agree with him. I'm going to vote yeah. for – name the player. Mm-hmm. It just seems weird to me that a guy – and this is the argument. You know, there are some people who don't think – a closer should ever be in the Hall of Fame because they're like, look, if you have the lead going in the ninth inning, ninety, no matter who you pitch, ninety-five of the time percent of the time you're going to win. And I don't know if that's true or not, but there's something you know. Well, I believe I believe about, Rivera's save percentage is only like at eighty-four percent. 
I mean, it's yeah. still phenomenal, but it's not that 95 number that, you know, if you think people believe that. Right. But his ERA is incredible. We we saw him pitch in, in you know, in really, really big games. In the postseason, um, he's been phenomenal. In, in the postseason, like I mean, put it to you this way. More people have walked on the moon than have scored runs on Mariano Rivera in the, in the postseason. <laughs> and he's been in a lot of postseasons. And, and so that's 12 have walked on the moon, by the way, and 11 have crossed the plate in the postseason, which wow. is unbelievable. You know, so what? He gets the last three outs. You know what? They're the hardest three outs. I mean, you've talked about it. There are guys that the Rays have that you can hand them the ball innings one through eight, and they're comfortable. There are guys you know? all over baseball that are that way. Yeah, but try getting those last three. There's something about trying to close out a game to get the last three outs. And I'll say another thing because really I've, I've seen this firsthand. Uh, Dan Kolb was a closer for Milwaukee, and he saved 51 games in 2004, something like that. Had a phenomenal Jeez. season. But he was playing for Milwaukee, who was a last-place team, and you know he sure. saved about you know almost half their, almost all their wins. I mean, they may have won 70 mm-hmm. games or something. He was traded to Atlanta the next year and couldn't handle the pressure. Atlanta was a playoff team, had won 13 straight division championships, were going for 14, yep. and he couldn't handle it at all. It happens. Mm-hmm. It just happens, you know. I mean, uh, there's no, and some, you know, some guys will start out good and then and then it'll crack. But and to it's, do it, there, and to do it, it is, in New York for that long. Oh, and you're you know you're a specialist, which brings us to another specialist, which is Edgar Martinez. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you have if you're going to appreciate what a closer does, right? Part time part time pitcher, not not part time player, part time pitcher. If you're going to appreciate that, should you not then just as much appreciate the specialist? A designated hitter is designated part of the game. Hitter. It's a rule in the game. Right. Yeah, can't take it out. No, I mean, it's, it's you, there. You it's could, been there for 40 year, or, you know, 45 years now. Oh, and by the way, it should be in the National League, too. It's the stupidest thing in the world. It's not, in my opinion. Um, but you might be a purist. You might, you might think otherwise. Um, here's the thing. I don't like how the designated hitter extends games. Mm-hmm. I would rather see, and I, but I don't necessarily like to see pitchers hitting. Although when when you find so a pitcher I mean, no that can hit, it's fun. But, but it, no one's paying to go see a guy swing the bat in the number nine spot. I would rather just have a designated hitter in all the leagues, and one of your fielders doesn't have to hit. Hmm. You could do that. You know, I mean, you and, could do that. And make it eight, or you know, make it eight. Eight batters, and so your stars get to hit more. I want to see players hit more. I want to see. I want to see Bryce Harper hit more, or Mike Trout hit more. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the problems baseball has is you know the pace of play is a big thing, but you know Mike Trout's a superstar. Bryce Harper's a superstar. They get four at bats a game in three hours. You're That's seeing true. a bat every forty-five minutes. That's true. In basketball, they touch the you know a star player is going to touch the the ball at least every other time down the court. Yep, and the shot clock's twenty four seconds, so every minute you're up and down the court. Mm-hmm. Hockey players are touching the puck all the time. They're not always scoring all the time, but it's a fast game. Baseball player, you know, you know. So Mike Trout sitting in center field, he may make two or three catches a game and have four at bats. Okay, so over three hours, mm-hmm. six seven times you saw him. Right, that's not very good. I want to no, find ways. Right. I want to find ways. To, and, and, and baseball purists will talk about the stats and all that, and, and I, I get that, but. I want to I want to find ways to let star players play more. Let them hit more, mm-hmm. let them run more, let them, you know, find ways to find ways to get them more at bats. Mhm. Let's bring excitement back. Well, they're going to have to find a way to do that cuz they're losing the millennials for sure and the pace of the game is an issue and, and and all of that. I mean, there's no question. Let's talk about two guys who did not make the Hall of Fame. Of course, we can go back and, and talk about uh, Fred McGriff if you want to, but now he's on to the Veterans Committee um, here. Uh, so he failed to get the 75%. I think he was cracking around 40 But how about your boy, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens? Uh, they both they both gained traction. They gained some, some votes, but still not enough for election to Hall of Fame. They're still going to be a few years away. They're still going to be a few years away. They only have a few years, but do you do you fall? Where do you fall on the on the guys of the steroid era? They absolutely well; those guys absolutely should be in, no question. Okay. About it. Here's here's okay. the thing, and here's here's my whole take on it. And, and Mark Topkin brought up the other day. Look, this is this is a museum. Museum. This mm-hmm. is not a sanctuary. This is not a church. It's a museum. But baseball 
and the players' union. It's funny because the players today are all about, we don't want anyone with steroids in. Well, it was their players' union and baseball that refused to do drug testing, refused to get steroids out of the game when they knew it was going on for 20 years. Well, they benefited from the, the steroids. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds saved save save the game, and they knew it. They knew it was going on. They refused to test it. They refused to do anything. Both the players' union and the and the Major League Baseball. So, if baseball said it's fair game by not, you know, we talk about officials. If you don't call something, it affects the game. Well, baseball and the players' union refused to address the issue. They knew it was going on. Then, I don't blame the players. Morally, is it right? Probably not. But, you know, baseball, baseball, quite frankly, loved it. And everybody made money off of it. Oh, they benefited. That's why they didn't change it. Chicks dig the long ball. In fact, the Sosa-McGuire year where they had the home run chase, if you read the books uh, that has been written about Barry Bonds and the whole Balco stuff, as much as anything, any reason was, was that he saw those two, you know, inflated guys saving, quote-unquote, like we just said, saving baseball, becoming the story, all that stuff. Because it was after the strike, I believe, wasn't it? That uh, When they didn't play the World Series. Yeah, 95. Then, 95, they didn't play the World Series. This was 98. That so, so and this and was McGuire a couple years this. later. And so baseball took a big hit when when they had the walk uh, the walkout or lockout or whatever it was. And um, and so the as, as the book goes, um, you know, Bonds looked at that and said, Really? So yeah, because so Bonds was better right. than both so, those players, hands down. So they're so they're clearly juiced, right? And they're getting all the attention for hitting these home runs. Oh, he broke Roger Maris, whatever. Watch this. I mean, he got fed up. Mm-hmm. They said that he was just it was just like, wait a minute, these are the best. These are the guys that are the saving baseball. They're the ambassadors here. Uh, uh-uh. uh, I'm the best player in the game. What happens if I take this stuff? And 750 what something home runs later. Um, you know, and his hat size went from seven and a quarter to seven and five eighths. Uh, you know, then every everything changed. Now, what I would do, and you may disagree with this, Steve. I don't know where you fall on guys going into the Hall of Fame. I think you you, you think they should if they're on steroids. I still well, don't think they all. Be- well, first, I don't think they all. They've belong. never failed a test. Those two did not. No, no that's what I mean. They, so you're going to put an asterisk or a special wing in the hall, saying, "Well, they've been accused of doing steroids." Perhaps. Well, they're not in. If they're not in, they're not in. Well, I but mean, I mean, but you're saying okay. So, what's your your idea? I'm sorry, I probably no, that, no, that I you didn't. No, it, what I what I was going to say is that I don't think necessarily because I would have voted for Bonds and, or would vote for Bonds and Clemens um, if I had a vote. I I just don't think we'll ever know exactly what percentage of people. But we do know a hell of a lot of players were doing steroids on both sides of the plate, mm-hmm. to the hitters and, and, and the pitchers. Um, so, you know, Bonds to me was well on his way to being a Hall of Fame player again, and you could physically see the change. And he could do it all. He could field, he could run, he could hit, all that stuff. And I think Clemens was as dominant a guy as, as there was when he was in his prime, and then he extended his career by God knows how long, I think, by using using steroids. But again, neither one of those guys technically, I don't think, triggered a positive. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if they triggered no. an actual positive uh, test. So, not that I'm just giving them benefit of the doubt. My eyes tell me they're Hall of Famers. My, you know, my head tells me uh, that these guys belong. And you know what? That's That was a period of baseball. And if it's a museum, note it in the museum, you know, that, their careers were tainted as they were, but I think it's it's still and, and in fact the way they've gained votes up to like almost sixty percent now, with really the only lock next year being Derek Jeter, I think they got a chance to do it sooner than later, you know, to get to get into the hall. So it'll be interesting. And the question is, is are they gaining every year because some voters are are, are changing their minds, or is it or di- or dying, or, or is it new voter <laughs> new voters that are younger are yeah, yeah they you know. And that, I don't know the answer to that one, but well, I just think as you get farther away from that era, now there are some like Martin Fenley who has a vote, wrote a column saying I will never underline never vote for anybody who was suspected of that. You know, he's just so adamant about it, and there are people that that feel that way. But here, here's the um, here's the thing about it, and and so, and this is where this is a a, a, a bigger question maybe on some things, but. But even let's take, and, and I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame, but Ryan Braun. 
who mm-hmm. tested positive, yep. was suspended for half a season, served a punishment yep. for breaking yep. the rules. So he's mm-hmm. never allowed in? I mean, at what point is time served and a punishment is served? And, and I don't know the answer to this. This is, like I said, maybe it's I think a bigger it's, question. It's, indiv- it's individual. I mean, that's everything you're saying is true, and, and, and you can literally – you can literally say, okay, that's the reason, or no, that for me, that's the line. You know, that's the bar. Like I, anywhere from I would never vote for a guy who's even suspected of it. Does, to, does the to Negroes what you not go said. in because they, you know, scuffed up balls? balls? Yeah, right. I mean, are you going to take them out of the hall? I, I you know, no. I, mean, I, I understand that steroids can drastically change and give you. It doesn't make you stronger. It's the re- it gives it's you the, the recovery. It's a recovery. You could become stronger yeah. if you work at it. Just taking steroids doesn't make you stronger. Right, and Barry, clearly, as big as he got, he worked like crazy. Sure. I mean, you know, assuming he did steroids, absolutely. And I assume he did. But to me, if if baseball and and, and the players' union didn't want to do anything (laughs) about it, then... No, of course not. Then I... What what is it me to say he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame? I also know he's the greatest position player I've ever seen play. Well, it's one vote against the 434 others. I mean, that's sort of what it comes down to, you know, is that... You know, are you gonna are you gonna get seventy percent? And I, I think it's individual. Like I don't I don't know that. I, again, Rafael Palmero was a great hitter from the time I saw him at Mississippi State, uh, and until he shook his finger, you know, in Congress and said, "I have never used steroids." And then, of course, positive tests fell out all over the place. People that are like that, people that are arrogant, that that deny it, and it's clearly that you know they they cheated, and we don't know how long. I I would never vote for Rafael Palmero. And, I, and he was a great, great hitter. I mean, from the time he was a kid, he's a phenomenal hitter. Him and Will Clark, it was ridiculous in college baseball. Someone got then, all those but, hits. Some, it's like Pete Rose. Someone got 4,192 hits, but he's not in the Hall well, of Fame. We're not going to do the Pete Rose show. No, but, but, we? but, it's, but <laughs> we don't know. We don't have to go there. But at some point, you're a museum of the history of baseball. Someone hit 4,192. Right. Yeah. Someone hit 700 yeah. and however many Barry Bonds hit, finished on home 50 run. 50-something, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Someone hit those. You're not putting those guys in the Hall of Fame? Well, and the thing it's is, it's a you museum. Write, it's not. It's not. A, it's, it's not a yeah. you know a religious sanctuary of everything holy. Because that's right. You know, I mean, Ty Cobb was accused of murdering a guy. Yeah. Well, there's some characters in there, man. Sure. You know, same thing with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, they haven't taken O.J. Simpson's bust out of there, and I'm pretty sure he might have had something to do with uh, some so his ex-wife. But anyway, I yeah, I I I'm with you. I think you just acknowledge it. And say during their era, which was a steroid era, they were suspected. I you can taint them on the plaque, you can do whatever you want. But I think at least let you know and then the voters, I mean the way it's trending, they're gonna get in, I think. If not now, then maybe, you know, the senior committee or, or veterans committee, I'm sorry, might do it down the road. Or the modern but, day committee or whatever the modern day yeah. whatever they call it. That voted yeah. Harold Baines in, which that was a questionable one, but Harold, you know, and Harold Baines, I don't think ever got more than like twelve percent of the votes when he was eligible, and then boom, yep. he he goes into that committee, and it's like that's why I think there's still hope for you know guys like Fred McGriff who did not advance, um, you know, but every year picked up more and more votes, you yep. know, um, so he's 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 ineligible as well uh, after you know he's had his ten years. So anyway, it was a, it was a good. I like this class. I like the guys that are going in. Of course, Roy Holiday, the late Roy Holiday. That's that's going a little bit of sadness. So, so baseball is going to honor his, his wish or his family's wishes, and they're not going to. He's not going to wear a cap on his plaque. Really? Yeah. Wow, for that's Philadelphia interesting. Philadelphia and Toronto. They didn't want to because he, he favor couldn't one decide. Or the other. That... His family didn't want to favor one over the other, so they're going to honor it. Interesting. And not put a cap on him. Has that ever been done, or those guys all wear caps? Pretty oh, much. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I know that baseball ultimately chooses the team's cap you go in on. You have some input with it. Oh, but they get to choose. They ultimately choose. Yeah, it's not. Wow. I mean, you can. They try to work with you and you know support your wishes, but ultimately, baseball has the right to choose it. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really or, interesting. Or actually, I shouldn't say baseball because the Baseball Hall of Fame is not run by baseball. It's a separate entity. People don't realize that, but it's not. It's not owned by baseball. It's not run by baseball. Right. And that's true of the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. It's supported by, by the NFL, but it is right. not is not actually their entity. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was it was fun watching that. It was it was interesting to hear about and I, and look, I like Mariano Rivera. He still lives in Tampa, he's over in Avila. 
Um, congratulations to him for being the first. Should he have been the first? No. I mean, you know, like you said, Mickey Mantle, Bay Ruth, the list goes on and on. But I don't know he's going to be the last because I still think, is there somebody going to vote against Derek Jeter, you know, when he's eligible next year? Well, maybe some Miami Marlins writers. Oh, yes. Good point. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Stupid question probably at the end of the day. Somebody will, somebody will get them. There'll be at least one or two. Yeah, if the Marlins don't have a, a better season next year, it might be their writers. For the fire sale that they're having down there, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, we'll have uh, – let's see. We don't really have a football Friday, but we can talk about the Pro Bowl some more. We, we didn't get into the whole um, discussion that I had over there. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow, some for our football Friday, so to speak. we still got one football game left in the NFL season. Of course, the Super Bowl coming up soon. Um, but we really didn't talk about um, some of the discussion that was going on between players about pass interference and about the overtime rules, so we'll give you our take on that. Um, what else do we want to do? Uh, well, we can do Friday. a mailbag. Let's okay. do a mailbag. We can do a mailbag we for sure. You guys... Let's uh, get your questions in, whether it's about the Super Bowl or overtime or pass interference or the Baseball Hall of Fame. Lightning, maybe you got a thought the about the Gerald NHL McCoy walking yeah. in the rain, you know, if you know, if you know something about rain. Yeah. It's supposed to rain tomorrow, I believe, or today. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Yeah, good, I think we're supposed to have like to seven straight that. days under 70 degrees or something like that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I mean, I'm hot long enough during my life lived growing up and living in Florida. So let the coolness stay because when it's out of here, it's out of here. And it's brutal. Uh, and speaking of that, you know what you need to air condition your home? You need energy. And you know where you get that? Try May Electric Solar. You want to lower your electric bills? That's the way you do it. You can save 90 to 95% right now if you just call our friends at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing the solar energy through 2019. So thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Bursnick, have a great day, everybody. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.